So I want to say thank you to our sponsors who have made this possible. You've got HEB, the City of San Antonio Economic Development Department, Wells Fargo, VIA, BBVA, and not to mention our supporters, our Small Business Development Center Network from UTSA. You got the Small Business Development Center from Prairie View A&M University. We got Texas San Antonio Chamber of Commerce, the West San Antonio Chamber of Commerce, the Texas Restaurant Associations, the West Side Development Corporation, Hispanic Contractors Association, the North San Antonio Chamber, San Antonio Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, the Rio Grande Valley Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. See, they've made it possible and can continue to support what we're doing for small businesses. But let's be honest, you're not here to speak to me or to, for me to be able to tell you all these wonderful things that are possible. You're here to speak to Becky. And when I say speak, she's going to tell you about some amazing things that PR that most people aren't aware of. Becky has 33 years of nonprofit management experience in startups, such as large organizations to include higher education, financial services, faith-based organizations, and associations. She's, she actually has led the creation of three nonprofit businesses. She created one of the first CMR systems for the university and one of the first e-commerce systems for a publisher in the early 90s. Now, when she moved to San Antonio, yes, we gained her 15 years ago. She served as the vice president for the San Antonio Chamber of Commerce. Then she moved to the, as the director of the Alamo. Now, Becky's known for expertise in community relations, marketing communications, market research, and you got it, PR. She currently serves as a part-time as the executive director for Social Ventures Partners of San Antonio. She provides consulting services, and she has a journalism and marketing degree from Baylor University, an MBA from SMU, and you can find her and learn more about her on LinkedIn. But let's go directly to the person who's going to make sure that you understand what PR really is. Becky, welcome, and thank you for taking time from your busy schedule. Thank you so much, Juanita. I'm so honored to be a part of this. This is going to be a lot of fun, and I am just thrilled to be a part of the Tree Shaker podcast and then here with the Maestro. It's a wonderful opportunity. Thank you so, so much. You know, you're right. Tree Shaker podcast has been phenomenal, but the one thing that people are not aware of is the Maestro Center has Maestro Entrepreneur Podcast. So I have been able to have this great opportunity for us to merge and support and collaborate. But this time, we want to make sure that the Maestro Entrepreneur Center is, a, is one of those foundations that you take full advantage. So tell me, tell me about PR, Becky. All right, if we'll go to like one of the first slides, Sabrina's helping me out so much. Thank you so much. And then go to the next one. We're going to actually talk a little bit about strategy before we get really deep into the tools of public relations and press relations. The reason I do that and as I, the reason I start here is because a lot of you are CEOs, you're going to be executives in your office, you are leaders of your company, and everybody says PR, 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 PR. And a lot of us um, we need to take a step back a little bit and say, before we go out and grab press coverage or we're starting to do uh, public relations through like events, 
let's wind back just a little bit and think a little bit about our strategy and focus on some of the things that will really make you successful and also keep you from kind of doing things that might actually be a little bit of a waste of your time. So what I like to do is always, especially when talking with business leaders like yourselves, I like to talk people through how to think about communications and how to think about your messages before you start putting together all the tools so that they're really effective, so that they're really efficient and you never waste a single word. So we'll go to the next slide. Um, the first thing we're gonna talk about is um, that you're a CEO and I want you to focus really tightly on the things you need to be doing instead of the things that you think you're be being told to do or that you think might be good. Um, because quite frankly, nobody, especially you, has time to dilly-dally around. So next slide. A lot of times I will be working with CEOs or I'll be working with clients and they come up with all of these things like, well, I need to do this and I need to do this and I need to do this. So if this list looks familiar to do, hey, let's throw a brochure at it. Ooh, let's throw that on the website. Oh, let's go out and hand out a hundred business cards. Those things aren't all bad. But what I want to talk to you about on strategy is why you're doing some things, understanding your audiences and making sure that when you're doing some of these things, it has impact and it really makes a difference. So we'll go to the next slide and begin talking about how that works. So the first thing on communications, you need to really understand your, your mission, your vision, your values and goals. And that's not just a nonprofit organization, that's you, your business leader, that's what you are promoting, that is your product line, that is the service that you have. And all of these things are really important because that is what drives every message that you have. A lot of you are great at this already. So know your mission and value, know the benefits to your customers and know the benefits to your clients that you give. Have those written out, put them on the wall, those kinds of things. Know how you're unique. In order to, I mean, in this commodity world, everything seems to be commoditized. Know how you uniquely provide your product and service to your customer. Know your numbers, know where you're winning, know where you're losing, know where you have that opportunity. Those are know your numbers. And then finally, the big one, know your audiences, know what they need, understand them, study them, watch their reactions, see what they respond to. And that is what drives your Becky, you mean to tell me I have to know my competition too? You absolutely need to know your competition, not just because you need to know what uniquely you provide that they don't, but you also need to understand if they're winning in an area and that's something that may be too expensive to do for you, maybe you drop that or maybe you can do it better and more efficiently. You've got to know where you are in your ecosystem and that helps you be much better and much more efficient at providing all you need and really, really benefiting that bottom line for your business. So I guess in this case, it's okay to take a look over the fence to see what's in the neighbor's backyard. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. You must, you must look around and see how you're unique because a customer is going to walk right in your door and say, well, I can get that over there and I know him better. So you need to know the answer to how to fulfill that question. Thanks. Great information. All right. Let's go to the next slide. So you've got a marketing and a customer strategy, all right? And it's all of these things. It's your, your customer relationship strategy. You hear this a lot, it's your CRM or your customer relationship uh, management or your strategy. And you do product development there, you do your customer knowledge there, your, your innovation falls in that space. 
and sales and your distribution process. But what we're going to be talking today is about this little red circle there, and that's the marketing message and your strategy for how you talk about what you do. Let's go on to the next one and talk about see how that works. So your audiences is really the central piece of this. You need to know when you're walking into a room or and you're talking about your product or they're coming in your door, you immediately can discern for yourself how to understand those people that walk in your door or that are calling you on the phone. You've got several different categories. The reason we categorize them is because they all have different needs and your okay. product and your service is fulfilling a need. So you need to know what they need. This works for nonprofits as well as for profits. So these are the types, these are the categories that I really usually um, list when I'm talking with one of my clients. You've got your owners and investors, sometimes that and in nonprofits, your board members. In nonprofits, you have donors, which is a whole unique ball of uh, influence and information. But then every business has employees and your staff. Every business has customers and clients. Every business has prospective customers. And then every business, this is that PR tool, has influencers, people who influence decisions. And that's how you think about your messages as well as your benefits to your products. All of this, your audiences actually drive how you talk about your company. Okay, go on to the next one. So when I think about audiences, the reason that this puts it into a strategy is each audience has a different level of understanding about you. And I want you to put your audiences on a learning path that bring them more loyal to you. Really, I hadn't thought about that because you want your customer not to be a one time customer. You want them to buy from you every day, every week, every month. You want to be the Whataburger of your industry. You want people <laughs> your t-shirts. You want them to have Uggs that are your color. You want that kind of tribe at your business. So this is how we do is that we put them on a learning and a, and a cheerleading path toward you. But, but you were saying you have different customers at different categories and but you're now you're saying that you're putting on a learning path but if you're specializing to a specific category is that something you can duplicate across the board you have to have different learning paths for the different audience needs now you need okay. to have different categories of customers or you might have a very specific niche um, it depends okay. on your business so you, you need to sit down and really kind of think through that um, at the end of this program, I'm going to talk about uh, giving you an advocacy pyramid and a marketing strategy worksheet, and I'll send that to you, but we'll talk about it that at the very beginning. Let's go to the next slide and let me show you kind right. of So I call this an advocacy pyramid because I want somebody to go from a total stranger to an advocate, somebody that sells stuff for you because they think it's the greatest thing in the world, uh, an unknown all the way to an advocate. They are cheering for you. They are in your circle. This is what I call your tribe. So how do you do that? How do you do that with your staff and your employees is a little bit different way than you might do it with customers. It might be a little bit different in how you do that with your investors and your owners and your board. So, but what I want to do is show you how to get them through that learning path that you see here on the pyramid from unknown to known to informed to engaged and then all the way into that advocate slot because your best return on investment are your, your, your people who come to you all the time, the people who only buy what, what you offer from you. And that's where you wanna 
to, to try to pull people through. Not everybody's gonna make it there, but you need to have a process to get everybody from at least one level to the next level. So you want unknown where so, to the next level and you have to have a plan so, on how to do that. So Becky, I love the advocacy pyramid, but if you're, let's say you just said, even if they doesn't convert to a client, just creating some of these steps that person may not be a client, but they were happy with the product and they still introduce you. Is that correct? Well, they might be come from an unaware. They might actually be in that influencer group. Some people aren't customer types, but they influence buys. Let's say that they might be um, an elected official who has a policy information and they, they say, you know what? I know so-and-so he's really good at this. Um, those kinds of influencers, the media is a big one. Um, you have influencers now that are all over social media who are experts in beauty, who are experts in okay. uh, different categories in your industry. You know who those influencers are. They might not be a customer, but if they like you, they create customers for you. Thank you. That's a great idea. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, let's go to the next one. So this is what I mean by a, a pathway. You've got a total stranger that, that you walk up to, let's say in, in, in a meeting, it's a mixer or something like that. You wanna be sure that there's somebody who's completely unaware of you, that you are, have some kind of mechanism or some kind of communications tool that helps you get their name and, and be able to put them on your prospective list. So you go from unaware to known. So they don't know you, but now they know you. So they know, okay, here's a new guy in town and they do custom tailoring, something like that. Um, name, name what your business is. So the way you get people in your customer path, you ask them for their name. You ask them to like you on social media. You try to gather them in, begin to get them into that inner circle loop. You can't, Find out and sell somebody something, especially in today's relationship world, if you don't know their name. So you got to go from there. And then you go from known to informed. Now you've gotten their information if you sent them something or you shared something with them online or they get um, the information from you or they get the benefits from you from a brochure or something like that. Those kinds of things go from, okay, I know your name and now I know more about you and how you can help me. So you take them from the unaware, you got their name, and then they have some information, and then you follow up with them to get them the information. And then you try to engage them. That informed engage stage is usually where that first sale happens. Um, if you're in a storefront and you're a retailer and you are drive-by, maybe you're next door to somebody's dentist. Well, that unaware can go to the known by just simply having the, hey, drop by and see what we've got on sale while you're walking by. Then they become informed and engaged when they walk in your door and then they, and they buy something and become engaged. See that pathway that, I mean, you have to have ways to draw people to you. Um, and then finally, of course, once you have them engaged, there are loyalty programs, there are discounts you offer just to customers, there are those coupons that people get who are on that special gold list. Those are the kinds of things that help bring people back to you to become your advocate and be part of your tribe. So those kinds of programs and special events, those are the kind of things that you want to work somebody who's a stranger all the way down into the path to become your advocate. Well, I definitely consider myself gold. So I like that level. So let's go. <laughs> yeah. I can show you in a matrix how that looks. If you'll go to the next, um, go to the next slide. 
Um, these are, this is another, sorry, this is another action outline step. Let's, this is mostly for customers. Tell me your name. Here, take this sample. Here, buy something with this coupon. Become of our loyal, become part of our loyalty club. Invite your friends. Give us a great review and be in our gold circle. This is your typical customer relationship strategy. It is step one, step two, step three, step four. Get them from number one all the way to number seven. But you have to kind of think through, okay, what's the next step? And this is the type of CRM strategy and message strategy that I'm talking about. So let's go to the next so Oh, Becky, before we go to the next one, I noticed that you say, give us a great review. Once you've gone through these steps, I just want to emphasize, it's professionally expected to, hey, I really, I'm glad that you like the product. Could you go on our Facebook or our website and give us a review? Yeah. Nowadays, especially with COVID, that's acceptable. Well, and you know what? We have found over even the last five years when people go onto Yelp or they go onto Open Table or they go onto even Amazon, where a lot of people, you know, Amazon doesn't make these things, they get them from people like you and me. So right. those reviews, all of us make decisions based on whether it's a three star or a five star. I watch movies. That's true three star or five star. I buy a new clicker pencil based on its three star or five star. So those things really matter. And part of being an advocate is getting people to where they'll give you that five star. Understandable. So and sometimes. Thank you. Yeah. What's our next slide, Sabrina? Okay, so this is what it looks like in a matrix. So you have your staff and your employees. Um, let's take a look, another look at a, at a different group because we're gonna talk about these a little bit further and a little bit more in the workshop. So you've got influencers. Influencers, those people who, if you say it's good, then I'll buy it. It's, it is some of those reviews, but it's also often people that um, in the fashion industry, you know who they are. In, but there's also people in your industry who are experts. Maybe it's a retired executive. Maybe it's somebody who um, has been like the go-to uh, consultant person. If they recommend your product and they recommend what you're doing, then that's the influencer. That's the person you want to be able to educate with messages. And you need a communication strategy for them. The media are all fall within this influencer category. They're not often going to be, hopefully, if you're a restaurant, they do, and they do frequent your place. But, but when they're writing, they're writing as an influencer about what this great new product is or what this great new thing is. So let's have a strategy for those influencers about how we talk to them. If they're unknown, what do you do? Well, you, you send them stories of impact. You send them a video that shows how great this product is. Or if you're a nonprofit, you send them a story of how life was changed. Those kinds of things really do make a difference in influencers because they're looking for something that's unique, like we talked about in the very first slides, something that um, is, you know, something that really benefits the community and, and helps a family get where they're going or accomplish something or solve a problem. Those are those kinds of things that really help an influencer get to like what you do. And then you go from that to helping them with being an expert in your industry. This is really important right now. Think about people who are in the healthcare industry who are really trying and, and they're ahead of the rest of us because they have been thinking about and they trained on PPP. We didn't even know what that meant a year ago. But they've been training on PPP uh, personal or PPE since they were in medical school or since they were trained. And so let's think about how those subjects right 
experts can be influencers even though as a, as a representative of their business. So you need a methodology to, to communicate your expertise to um, influencers on topics that are really relevant that you are an expert in. So that's a part of your, your, your pathway to become an advocate. I always, I use this a lot with nonprofits and a lot, a lot with people who are in human services and health services, because this can be, have a huge impact on your bottom line, not just nonprofit right. donors, but for health services, for customers to, because trust is such a big deal today for financial services and health services. So let's, uh, I hope that's helpful and there's a, a, you know, a much more detailed way to do this and I'm glad to talk with people about it. But this is the kind of strategy that I'm talking about. See what I mean by, you can't just throw the same brochure at all of these people. Their needs for information are actually very different. Becky, you brought up a very good point because I hadn't really thought about it that way. When you're, you're talking about all these frontline nurses, doctors, you know, phlebotomists, they've already been taught on using PPE, right? We're just catching up. That is a great way to really bring credibility to what product you may be using. Because a perfectly good example, I think, would be um, in our daily work, right? We're wearing our masks, but we're really not understanding the purpose of some of the masks. The other thing, too, is everybody thinks about sanitize. Yes, because I'm thinking to myself, I'm touching my hands. But the other thing, too, is hand sanitizers. And we, we've noticed that some, some of the hand sanitizers are not coming back. But soap and water, sometimes it's like the best. But you're absolutely right. I hadn't really thought about that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Be the expert. Be the expert that they're looking for. That's a wonderful, not a, it's a wonderful way to promote your business and your service because you know what you're doing. And a lot of people right. um, that you don't know need your advice. And it's a wonderful way to get word out about what you do. Well, that's great relationship building too, because it usually starts just with a simple conversation. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the next. Oh, questions. Are there any questions people want to put into their chat? I'm glad to take a look at that because we're going to run from this into a different category. If they don't, then we may go on or you can pop them up later and we'll take them at the end. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Let's go to the next slide. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about communications and public relations in your COVID response. Most of you have probably already done all this, but I would not be able to, to say that I'm doing what I, I promised I would do if we didn't talk a little bit about our communications response to the pandemic. If you'll go to the next slide. As you know, this year is just 2020. We will all look back on this and say everything changed. We all learned a lot. We had to learn it rapidly. Um, we are hoping that we're surviving. We're all treading water. And yes, there's a lot of work to do because this is the year that everything changed in how we communicate. This impacts everything from our signage, our website, everything. So I'm going to just run through a couple of things that I want to be sure that you're, you're kind of covering in your business. Go to the next slide. As a, as a plan for communication. So these slides are available to you. If you email me at the end, I'm glad to share them with you. Um, these are your categories. I did this for a nonprofit. So these are nonprofit examples. Um, 
your communications plan just for COVID. So your staff, of course, they have brand new policies and things that you've had to rewrite. I know that we have all rewritten some of our HR policies to figure out how to do digital, but also for those who, who can be open or that you're partially open, your, your staff need that information to be sent to them. Um, ongoing staff and leadership emails as to what's next. When school starts, a lot of things will change. When we can begin to be opening up at instead of 25%, 50 or 15%. Hey, that means you're on cue. Perfect timing. <laughs> My mom always knows when to call right in the middle of a workshop. <laughs> Absolutely. So, anyway, and can't turn your mom off. You can just say, hey, I'll call you later. Um, those kinds of things. So think about your staff and what you need to, and honestly, during COVID, we've all learned that over-communicating is probably the right thing. You need to over-communicate, communicate more than you have before. Um, on your clients and your customers, definitely over-communicate. Communicate what you've done to change. Be transparent about how you're keeping them safe. Uh, change your signage. We all had to do that. We had to put the sticky note on masks and, and six feet apart. All of those things are probably already done, but there may be a little bit more as far as the safety. Let's say you have a clothing store or you have a place where people are going in and they're not sure what safety means. Be their expert and teach them how you're helping people be safe. Um, on donors or owners and things like that, yes, your investors and people who are at the highest level need to know what you're doing as a manager. You may be a franchise. Um, let people know what you're doing to be responsible and to keep everybody safe. Um, influencers, media like to know if you're creative in how you're able to keep things safe and be able to do business um, using the CDC guidelines. These are wonderful ways for you to be able to share that you care and that you're doing everything you can to keep your customers safe while also providing a wonderful service and a wonderful product. So there's my COVID, there's my COVID um, stance. Let's go on to the next one. Okay, so now we're getting more into the public relations and your communications tools. I want to be sure that everybody here has um, these at least on their check box of what they're working on right now. These are your essential communications and PR policies. Everybody, let's go to the next slide because it has definitions on the next slide. A crisis communications plan. Well, we all found ourselves in the middle of this, didn't we? So our crisis Yes, we did. Really is, and, and you need this in case of things like something happens to your leadership. You need this in case something happens to your storefront, if you have a storefront. You need this as a backup, um, no matter what. It can often be really simple. And that means that whoever, if something happens to your main spokesperson or your owner, you have a backup on who takes care of that. Um, you need to be sure that you have a plan and that you do a, that you do a drill on this. This is just like the fire drills and the, and the tornado drills we had when we were kids. Have it in place, um, go through a drill if you need to, have it as a part of your employee training. Um, you will never regret having a crisis plan. Your media policy. Yes, who talks to the media is very important. We've all learned that recently. And if you haven't learned it and you're a business owner, you don't want to learn it the hard way. Have a media policy. You cannot let just anyone talk to the media, especially if it's media that you didn't ask for. Um, so have a policy and talk to your, your staff about who's allowed to talk to the media and what to say if a reporter walks up to them. I'm not uh, you know, authorized to speak, 
but so-and-so is available, here's their phone number or, or I'll go get them. That's as simple as it has to be. Um, but be sure you have a media policy and that the people in your organization, including the owners and the investors, and certainly all your staff know what it is. Your social media policy, same thing. Lots of really good social media policies you can Google out there that you can copy from. But this would be in your HR policies of how employees who link to your business so they know that they are making a public statement that they work for you now are accountable for what they post. There's a whole different workshop on social media policy. I'm glad to go over some of that with you, but understand that your employees do need to understand that if they link to you as an employee publicly, you actually have the ability to be able to tell them what they should and should not post on their social media. That's an right. okay HR policy, or you can tell them just don't link to us. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Or you can just- No, no. Go ahead. But you know, well, real quick on the, uh, and I guess that's another thing too, is because that was probably an alert for your social media. So on the policy, you said that this now can be incorporated into HR. Yeah. Normally this is part of your onboarding and your orientation process. Just a right. simple question about social media, clean it up or don't link to us at all. Just uh, don't wear your t-shirt in your selfie photos if it's personal, if you don't want your boss saying, hey, I, like, I don't like that picture. Those things, what you can manage from a, from a business and employer standpoint is only applied if that individual chooses to publicly link to the business or okay. be in a photo at the business. So that's why you need to go over it with your employees is to be sure that if they are big on Instagram and they wanna help promote this wonderful service, it may be a good idea for them to just have another Facebook page or another Instagram account that's just their professional account. That's very common. And that's really probably a, an easier way for a, a manager to manage that kind of content um, if, if you're asking your employees to help promote. Thank you. Uh, brand guidelines, these are your graphic guidelines. Uh, most people have these if you're familiar with them. Um, that's your logo, that's your tagline, that's your colors and those kinds of things. But have a guideline and know where that is because you probably have some graphics person out there that would love for you to be sure that you're very strict on that. Your editorial calendar, these next two are really in a different category. These are external um, tools, if you will, that help you be really efficient. An editorial calendar um, is for your newsletter. If you have a newsletter, just plan it out. That's what it is. It's your plan for your newsletter. Um, it's a plan for how you promote. If you're, um, if you're in the salon business, it's national, have a great hairdo day, then you know that you're going to put stuff out that day. So you have an editorial calendar that helps you guide what goes in your newsletter and what your email content might be. On a blog, that's another tool. That's what you can link to. That's a part of your website. It's your articles, it's your features. It's, it's the place actually where a lot of content, where people find out who you are and what you do and what great benefits there are. That news page and that benefits page is, is typically called a blog on the website. That's a wonderful tool for online social media content. It's a place where you, it's really kind of your, one of your most important sales channels. So those are just the key things that I want you all to be thinking about that you can further develop. Let's go to the next slide. All right. 
So now I've given you tons of stuff to work on. A whole slide full of all this stuff that I, I go, oh, I need to work on that. I, I, I hear you. I get that. Um, I'm so sorry. Um, trying to not be sure about that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about delegating communications. Um, the CEO, as I'm talking to you owners, I'm talking to you people who started your business, consider, please consider that one of the key people that works for you is your communications person, because a lot of this really should be delegated. You are expensive. You are the strategy person. You are the person who's leading your organization. And I strongly recommend that you delegate a lot of this management of communications and PR to someone. Um, the reason I say that is that you will burn yourself out if you try to do it all forever. So have somebody, even if it's a friend who, who helps you to stay on track, who's a freelancer that you have on call that you talk to once a month, am I doing this? Am I being strategic about this? This kind of focus on your message strategy, which impacts your marketing, impacts your customer relations, is really important. Um, so I would just encourage you to find someone to do <laughs> help you out with those delegations. I love it that someone said my husband twice in a job interview. Thank you. It's, it's my mom. <laughs> so I, I apologize for all that. No, no, no. It's great because some of these things that we haven't thought about, you're absolutely right. I mean, these are, you know, why you have to kind of delegate that communications, especially if you're a freelancer and, and you're looking for someone that's, that's affordable. I like the word cheaper, but yes, I'm very frugal. I understand. Um, if you're out there and you're writing your own press releases, oh, there are people who do that for a living and they are not expensive. So, you know, call me. I can give you some names of some really, really good writers who do that kind of thing. So you aren't going, that might take four hours for you because it's it, that kind of stuff is painful for a CEO. I ask people to write for me, even though I'm a writer, because it's hard promoting yourself. So right. I really recommend that you get somebody to help you with that. And I might be jumping ahead, but what are some of the plans or a policy that you should put in place? Or am I just jumping ahead too soon? Um, policies for, for communications, um, right. I would go to the list that you and I had talked about. So all of those are, are kind of key to how some of the, the first part of them, of course, are just HR and their organizational policies that every business should have. And the last two, of course, your editorial calendar, and then also your, um, your blog, your online news, or something that keeps track of what you're regularly doing. Usually that's the newsletter content. Um, that's what kind of will keep you going and feeds the communications channel, if you will. Those Perfect. policies. Thank you. All right, let's go to the next one. If you have any more plans and policy questions, again, I say this, those who are prepared, they always win. I'm just saying, if you have a plan and you go by your plan, you're going to be successful because you've thought through it and you're ready. Let's go on to the next one. Okay. So we sell this as public relations <laughs> and PR. So now let's talk about some of those PR tools. Now, I guess I'm trying to help you understand the context of strategy 
before we get to tools. Public relations and PR tools are really tactics. They're not necessarily something that is this overarching. If you'll go to the next slide, what I want to talk to you a little bit is about the umbrella of public relations. So public relations is often identified as a whole bunch of things. So I'm going to hire a PR person. So that PR person may think I'm coming in to do press relations because some people think that PR is only relations with press, is only getting out media, getting news stories published, those kinds of things. Um, and, and I can't, you know, those are not, um, there are all of these other different categories that are press relations, that are, I'm sorry, that are public relations. I'm a little distracted because my mom keeps going. Um, you've got events, you have media relations, which is the, the press part. Community relations, that's going out in the community, talking to the rotary, it's those kinds of things. Investor and donor relations is a really big deal. The larger your company gets, the more investors you have, or this could be donor relations for a nonprofit. It's a whole different type of public relations. And then of course there's government relations. If um, advocacy is a, is a large piece of what you need and what you do, these are all PR. Um, what we most people talk about when they talk about PR is that media relations box, um, maybe sometimes events. And here's what managers do. They hire a PR person thinking it's press relations, and that might be most of the job description. But what they end up doing is you might have an individual who's like, oh, you know what? I can also do events. Oh, you know what? I can also do community relations and presentations in the community. Oh, you know what? I can also do the, the board packet for, for nonprofits. And so these jobs tend to expand tremendously once you have somebody internally who does that. So be very careful about how you manage this piece of it. Be sure that if you're writing up a job description or if you're hiring somebody new for PR, that you understand all of these roles that they could potentially play and, and, and only assign them those that you want them to play. And also be sure that you kind of keep um, you know, knowledgeable about about what their work is, because this job can grow into a ginormous thing very quickly. So I wanted to give you that public relations umbrella because this is a, a huge piece of, of work for a business, young, medium, uh, large, no matter what size the PR piece, it could become a big piece. So let's go to the next one because what we're really, I get the most questions on is media relations. Media relations is a huge piece of our, of our advocacy pyramid. It really has a lot to do with that influencer group. Um, it's, it's this relationship, this external relationships building tool. Um, and then we're going to just briefly run through some of the tools, um, some of them that you may or may not be using fully. So let's go to the next slide. Okay. The most important thing, if you do nothing, if you do nothing else, the most important thing you do is build relationships with media. The media have 400 people every morning sending them press releases. And that's not an exaggeration. If you talk to a news director at WOAI TV, he will say, I get 400 press releases overnight. I don't read any of them, or I will, I will split them up and only those who really get me at just the right time after coffee are going to get any attention. So what matters is if they know you and they know you send good information. And if they know that you're doing something that's critical to the news that day. So relationships are how you kind of get through to that. We did a workshop with um, some, some other organizations about, about two weeks ago, and we did it with just one media outlet. 
And, and this editor was saying, you know, I don't even read press releases anymore. Um, I want to meet them. I want to have coffee with them. I want to do a tour of their facility if it's um, something that's of interest that's timely. And those kind of relationships are what really pay off. So when you're thinking about media relationships, you first think about the relation media uh, press relations. You first think about the relationship, not about, uh, you don't think about the tool. You don't think about a press release or a video release or photos or things like that. Okay. I may have to give like a five minute jump off to be sure that this isn't something traumatic my mother is going through. So I am going to, do you have the next slide? I have a, a video I can show you. Um, That'd be perfect. Let's go ahead. It'll give you an opportunity to take care of that. I'm going to share my screen and play a video. Perfect. Um, and my desktop, I want to show this. Oh, hang on. It's not working. Hang on. I'm going to minimize. I need to minimize this. I'm not sure how to do it. Okay. Hang on just a sec. I'm going to pull up a video that I want you guys to share. Well, while you're doing that, for those of you who are out in the audience and observing, you know, some of the information that I've actually discovered, you know, as listening to Becky and she's pulling up her video to kind of share is definitely relationships. Initiate those conversations because sometimes we've all heard it. You don't know what you don't know, right? So I'm going to put myself on mute. Hopefully this will work. Yeah. Um, hey, I sent your press release over, and I'm just wondering um, when you're going to run that, and if I can see a copy of the um, article before you send it out. Thank you. Well, she seemed to have muted herself, uh, but we can definitely pull this this video up for you so that we can... So basically what, as I was watching the video myself earlier, what she was talking about is, you know, sometimes you sub submit a press release and they provide the information out to the public, not realizing that there's been a couple of errors. And I know she's doing quite an exaggeration right now, but doing that follow-up is extremely important. And that's important in any business. As she's stating in here in the video, and you'll be able to view this, is that something as simple as going back and, and, bringing it to their attention that was something that was misquoted or something that was misstated. Yeah. Becky, the, the sound was actually uh, muted, so not a problem, but I know you're going to be able to share that link so we can go through it again. Well, I However, can, I can play it later. Tell me what you want. Absolutely. No, no, no. We, we, we'll, have, we'll be able to save that. Go ahead. Yeah, um, hey, I sent your press release over, and I'm just wondering um, when you're going to run that, and if I can see a copy of the um, article before you send it out. Thank you so much. My number's hi. 
I'm just calling because I just read the article that you ran on the organization and I wanted to see if I could get a correction made. You got one of our quotes wrong, but I also think that you left out one of the most important parts. So it's really important that we get out a correction right away. It's really not the information that I had sent to you in the form that I had sent to you. And oh, I just might remind you that we have spent several thousand dollars on advertising for you in the last few months. So I need to talk to the editor and give me a call back. My number. Yes. Hello. Um, well, this is not the CEO's office. May I ask who's calling before I can put you through? Um, I'm sure. And what is this regarding? Okay. Well, we have no comment on that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't answer that question. Um, I'm not going to give you the answer to that question either. Um, no, we have uh, no information on that. We have no plans. No, we're not we're not going to do that. Um, as soon as we have a statement ready from our attorneys, we'll just let you know about that. Okay, no, no comment. <laughs> it's a bit of an exaggeration, but I, we definitely understand what, what you're trying to tell us. Yeah. So no, this is just an example of, I, yeah, I mean, of course you're not going to do that kind of thing. And, but, You'd be surprised. I have had bosses ask me to do all of those things. And um, especially the one where can't you get a correction run and oh, I want a full story run. It's, it's one of those things that they're never gonna do. Um, and they don't care what your angle is, they're gonna write their angle. And I, I'm always a little surprised um, that, that some um, high level executives don't, don't get that. Um, but so now you know, those of you who are new starters, now you know, um, I'm giving you this sad uh, truth of the, the media will write the media story how they choose to. So, and uh, update, everything is fine with my mom. She thought I was calling her. Um, <laughs> so that's how things go sometimes. Thank you for your patience on that. Uh, let's go yeah. ahead and to let's go ahead and get back to the uh, relationships piece. So these are some ideas. I'm not going to read through them and give you examples, but these are some ideas that help with relationships. Give them access to the CEO. Um, let them read their stories, read their information, and make comments. You know, uh, reporters love it when you know their birthday. Silly things, not silly, but important things like that. Um, if there's somebody who covers your industry, know who they are and follow them and find out how you can be an expert for them. Um, that Those kinds of things actually make a difference. The, the news and the, th the types of things that your customers read and that your customers listen to, pay attention to those things. TPR may not be your thing, but it might be something that's a big deal to a big customer base of yours. So listen to TPR every now and then. See who is influencer, Dave Davies and his lunch show. Um, Dave's a great guy. I'm not always in my car or listening at lunch, but I'll tell you, he's, he's an influencer and can often also be somebody who can promote local products and local businesses. Uh, it's people like that who really focus on um, community and, and good stories like that are good people to kind of get to know. Let's go on to the next one. Oh, let's go past the slide. Okay. So beyond, beyond relationships, okay, now you know someone and you have a handful of reporters or you have a news director and, uh, you know, different people at different, um, 
types of media that you occasionally will send stuff to check in. Is this of, of importance to you? Um, these are some tools that you can use to get information to them. I have also, what I don't have on here is just a simple, um, we have something, some information for you and it's a, a personalized email. Those are actually the most effective tools. These are your traditional ones. So I, I should probably just add, oh, there is that personal outreach uh, email that you can send to somebody if you know them well enough to do that. But we're going to talk real fast and blow through these real quick, just so you know some terminology in case you are taking a look at a freelancer, in case you're taking a look at um, uh, having somebody on staff. These are typical professional tools, uh, tools that you might want to have in their kit. So let's go to the next slide and we'll go over these real fast. So a media alert is, is looks like a press release, but it's a real short version. It's your postcard. It's what you send out to media if you're having a big event or a press conference. Um, you might send a media alert out for a product release that has a video attached to it or a how-to attached to it. Um, often media alerts are what you use to get out uh, a statement um, from an expert opinion on a current that day important topic. Um, or if you have uh, a celebrity that visited and you want media to cover it, it's that kind of thing. It's inviting them to see something that's going to happen like that day. Let's go to the next one. Press releases. This is the old man in the room. This is the old go-to guy. This is the thing that people don't use that much anymore. Um, press, but they're still valuable when used in the right way. So targeted press releases often are used in industry related media. Let's say you have, uh, you're in the insurance business and you have an insurance magazine that covers Texas insurance. That's the kind of place where you might send um, new information about a new person that's working on your staff. Um, press releases are great for announcements of new leadership. They're wonderful for uh, detailed information on significant new products or services. Um, they're also good as the backup in case media want more information. Often I'll have a press conference and then the media, the press release will have information about what you're revealing and about information about what was announced in the press conference. So that's how they play off of each other. Let's go to the next one. Editorials. Editorials are a wonderful tool, especially if you're in, uh, if you need to be able to voice your opinion on something. They're meant to persuade. Everybody loves to run these. Um, they're always looking for decent, good content from experts. And so this is a wonderful place for you to really showcase your knowledge and your experience and expertise in a subject. Um, it's written from a certain position and often it's written to take a stance. Um, you can often also industry, when we're in legislative session next year, a lot of industries ask for editorials from people in their industry to help influence legislation. That's where an editorial is a great tool in public relations. Let's go to the next one. This is your superstar, your features. This is the bread and butter of, um, of what you can offer. Features are things that are, are often already in your blog or in your newsletter. They're great news stories. They're stories of impact. They're stories of people whose lives are changed because of your business. Um, they're articles that meant to feel good. They're often, we call them green. That means that they aren't important to be told today. That it's a story that can wait or it might last a little bit longer. Um, so these are the kinds of things that are just really good, sweet, good news 
types of things. They can also, this is a wonderful, I know that it's corny that we have a national, I think yesterday was playing the sand day or something like that. But I'll tell you what, that would have been a good day for somebody at a beach resort to have put out their press release on how we play in the sand here at our beach resort. So that's the kind of way that you plug in if you're related to something that happened on national XYZ day then you might have an opportunity to tell your story about your product or your service or your nonprofit on that day or that month. It might be Awareness Month. So those are ways that you can use features to be able to kind of get your story in the news. Let's go to the next one. So think about what your feature ideas are. I would, I would say to all of you, get out your pen and paper, put ideas, and then start writing down this story, this story, this story, this story. And, and think about, you know, let's look up the National Day of the Dog if I'm a grooming company. And yeah. let's figure out something fun to do. Let's figure out some kind of, you know, you could do a parade. There, there are all kinds of things that you can do um, with a feature that aren't possible with other things. And it's not, you know, the great thing about it, you don't actually have to have it in the media. It's wonderful social media content. And, and you might even get more views from that. So features are those things that really drive information about benefits, about what you offer that's unique. Those kinds of things are where you're real, that's your bread and butter content. So, so write out a list, and I would do that today of, of how many types of ways that you can talk about benefits and change lives and wonderful impact stories. Those are your features. Let's go to the next one. You can get attention with a funny photo. Everybody likes to- <laughs> I'm thinking instantly, Fiesta. And of course, and that's why I just thought it was cute. This was this was out there in stock photos. So there are ways for you to get attention just with a photo. So think about things like that. You can have something fun. You can have, um, you never know what a, a, a day that you all wear the same t-shirt might get you as far as some recognition. It's also wonderful social media content. Let's go to the next one. This is the most underused, and if we turn this on, sometimes the airplane is flying around. I didn't know if it would work on this or not. But um, one of the most underused tools that's easy to do now because we all have one of these with a fabulous camera on it now, video releases. They don't have to be high impact. You do not have to pay somebody $1,000 to make a video for you. Oh, yes. And it's not that difficult um, with all the tools that are out there that are available through all of the social media, but lots and lots of apps to help you with kind of making cool videos, how to videos, how to use your product, how it's implemented, um, a style person at a retail shop, show somebody how to, how to do something that's done at your, at your retail or, or just stories of, of even experience and expertise are wonderful video releases as well. It gives content to your social media, but also could be content for a news director who doesn't want to send a camera person out because that's expensive. You can send the information and the expertise to them yeah. with video. It's very underutilized today. So go on to the next one. So let me give you some examples. These are linked to YouTube links. I want to show you on, let's click the second one, the announce news on video yourself. This is a YouTube video from a company that was just a, an interior designer. So if you'll click on that.
and turn your sound on. So I can, I can uh, tell you what's going on here. So this is a, a decorating company that sells this certain kind of decorative stone that looks like wood and they won this contest. And so they're, they're showing the application in their showroom with um, different ways that it was used and different features and things like that. And they released it on a day that was like interior decoration day. But this is the way that video that doesn't have to be real fancy and high resolution can be used to show off your business. This is exactly the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Even without the sound, it just stands out. It really does. Without the description, it still stands out. Right, and this is not something, you, certainly you can hire a video group to do this and that's not a bad thing, but um, I don't know why that's doing that on my screen, um, but it's, it's certainly a way to be able to get your story out, to have wonderful content for social media, and also um, just to be uh, another tool for you to use that is considered part of public relations. So that's let's go great. on to the next one. Next slide. Yeah. The other one was how to, it was like a fishing, how to, how to catch the rod. And it was put out by um, a competitor to the Bass Pro Shop. Sadly, I don't remember the name of it, which was their whole point. <laughs> okay, let's look at Media Kit. This is something that is also overlooked, but is very valuable and can be something that you can just continually put together. Media Kits are very important for those of you who are beginning to be established and beginning to be the experts in your industry. You need to have a web page that is your media page. And that's where people get contacts for media, who your spokesperson is. That's where they get a list of maps and locations. Um, if you want somebody to come and look at your product or you want uh, somebody to do a grand opening, you got to have a map. And that media page is what media look for. The first thing they do when they get a news release from somebody they don't know, but it sounds like a really good story, they're going to go to your website and they're going to look for mm -hmm. something that's media. They're going to say about us and on that about us needs to be media or at least something on that about us page. This is really important for your influencer audiences because this is where they learn about you. It's where you keep photos and videos of your information on your business, your services, your products, and FAQ, which is a wonderful tool to always have available. Um, press release links, um, organization logo. They Sometimes you definitely want them to be able to download your logo, so have a link to a JPEG file so they can easily get your logo because that will show up on a news on a news release. And wow, that's hard to, that, that's something you don't even want to have to pay for. So right. have the media kit and have the media information online. Let's go to the next one. That's wow. <laughs> that's it. Like I said, if it wasn't enough, talk about a brain overload. Mm. Talk about very well organized, Becky, wealth of knowledge. Now, I've got, I've got time for maybe one or two questions. But as you can see on here, if you have questions, even if we don't get to you here, reach out to her because she's also located on LinkedIn. But here's the other thing, too, is she's registered on Buy Local Grow SA. Becky Bridges didn't. Phenomenal job. Great information. I'm an I'm on overload on the things that a PR person really does. It's not just, let me send this release. Let me create this video. It's like that. Obviously a wealth of knowledge. Ladies, gentlemen, reach out to Becky Bridges Denon. You see her contact information. 
give her a call, set up some time. And let me tell you something else. She's got some sample exercises that you can do that once you email mighty at maestrocenter.org to get that information. And don't forget, this is also available in a podcast.